0: amen. Well, we'll continue our time of worship now by opening up the Word of God. And at any point, you can continue with your giving and generosity, just as uh, Danny spoke of giving online or right back there. We have a giving box as well. And in your bulletin, there are instructions on how you can continue to give and build up God's kingdom here at Imago Church. We're going to continue now in our time of worship um, by opening up the Word of God, and we will be today in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. Hoy vamos a abrir las escrituras al libro de Primera de Tesalonicenses, capítulo versículos al 1 Thessalonians, beginning at chapter 1, verses 2 to 10. And once we're there, we can uh, go ahead and follow along with the Word of God this morning. And you can follow along in your Bibles, or you can hear God's Word read aloud. It will also be on the um, projector screen. And for those worshiping at home, it will be on the slides as well. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 to 10. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. I'll be reading in English, but you can follow along in your heart language, beginning at verse two. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope In our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. Everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, the one who rescues us from the coming wrath. Amen is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we give you praise, Lord, because you are here with us, Lord. You are amongst us and you see us, you hear us, Lord, and you welcome us. And Lord, I pray that however it is with that we find ourselves this morning, Lord, that we would be able to just find that peace in you. Lord, some of us maybe this week have felt anxious for a number of different reasons, Lord. Others perhaps a bit lonely. But we pray, Lord, that you would be our true comfort today. Lord, in this world, there's so much going on, Lord. And we pray and we intercede for all of that today as a church in the name of Jesus, God. We pray, Lord, for those who continue to navigate COVID and the pandemic. We rejoice, Lord, for all the healings that have occurred as well, Lord. We do hear, God, of many of the statistics, and we grieve with those statistics of those who have um, had fatal outcomes in this, Lord. But we also rejoice where your hand of healing has been, and where there's been recovery, God. And we pray, Lord, for those who just continue to um, navigate this children, Lord, um, um, uh, middle-aged, elderly, Lord, all of us, God, as we continue to move forward in this season of pandemic, God. Lord, we also thank you so much, Lord, even as we reflect, God, on what it means to be united as a family of God. And in this month of February, Lord God, as we're even commemorating and remembering Black History Month in our uh, country, Lord, may we remember those contributions, Lord, of our black brothers and sisters or in the diaspora, Lord God. They are not invisible, Lord God. They are seen, they are heard, they are loved and cared for, God. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we also um, pray, God, for... Just the uh, things that seem so much outside of our control, Lord. Especially right now for the tensions that are happening in our world, God. Especially on that Russian and Ukrainian border, God. It's something that seems just so unbearable and even impossible to think, Lord. But Lord God, our hope is in you. Our hope is in not uh, the decisions of men or of people, Lord God, or of countries or civilizations, but our hope is in you, Jesus. And so Lord, right now we just cry out in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for a sense of restraint, a sense of calm in that part of the world, Lord, for that God would have implications for the rest of the world, even us here, God. And Lord God, we just uh, trust that you are the one who is in control. And in your scriptures, Lord, we've seen that this is not new to you, Lord. You've seen powers clash before. You've seen empires come and go, Lord God. But you remain. And so, Lord God, right now we just uh, pray and we, we, we look to you, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, there may be decision makers and presidents and all of that stuff, God, but we have a king. A king whose name is Jesus and a king who can be relied on, God, in all seasons. So, Lord God, we just lift all this up to you and we entrust it all to you, Lord, believing that you are able. We love you and we pray this all in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, over the last month, we've been looking into just this year ahead and talking about what it means to see God do a new thing in our life together as a community. And this month in February, we've actually been in this series entitled Bless Your Church. And that's really about how we can flourish in our life together as a church community. And as we've talked about what it means to bless one another as a church community, we've talked about what it means to be a matter-of-fact kind of disciple, an authentic follower of Jesus, to be a people here at Imago Church that go beyond simply being cultural or religious custom Christians. In fact, some of the core values at Imago really um, uh, invite us to go the next level as disciples. And really it's what we call next level discipleship, what we call here at Imago being a matter of fact kind of disciples, F-A-C-T, being faithful, approachable, committed, and teachable. So F, faithful, that means that we're committed to reflecting the character of Christ with each other. We all take our call seriously here as the body of Christ. We are all faithful contributors. Then A, approachable. That means that we are all going to live into the call to live out hope through relationships. Where we surrender our old ways and our old tendencies of being clicky and tribalistic. And instead we choose to be open. Open to God and one another by choosing to close the gap in relationships. And then C, being committed. That means we're committed to God and to each other. We're committed to gathering together and building each other up, knowing that trust is built through commitment and consistency. And in this year, we'll be talking about it more next week, but I want to invite us all, yes, to be faithful contributors, but also to be committed to one another, to gathering. Make it a vow, make it a commitment for yourself that you will be in worship three, three-fourths of the time. You know, not just once a month, not just once every other month or whenever it may be, but at least three-fourths of the time each month that it would be your norm, not the exception. And again, that's to bless you, but also to bless your church because you matter in the family of God. And then finally, being tea, teachable. That means that each one of us carries ourselves humbly with God and with another, with one another. What does that mean? It means we check the ego at the door. Amen? <laughs> and we walk together humbly with God and with one another. So again, that's what it means to be a matter-of-fact kind of disciple, to be faithful, approachable, committed, and teachable. And why do we emphasize that so much as a community here at Imago Church? We said it last week, and that's really the theme of February. And that is because the church that chooses to bless one another is the church that is united. The church that chooses to bless one another is the church that is united Cuando nos bendecimos, vamos a seguir unidos juntos en Cristo. Blessing one another actually has to be a conscious and deliberate choice that we make as a community together through our freedom, through our generosity, through our teachability, through our faithfulness, by contributing rather than just consuming It is a choice that we need to make together, and we're making that choice together this month and this year. It's a choice that every church, every community has to deliberately make to choose to bless one another. And that will be the basis of our unity. Why do we need to honestly and deliberately and intentionally make that choice? Because I don't know about you, but the truth is that Not all groups, not all churches make the choice to bless one another. I've had experiences, and maybe you have too, where some communities, some churches, instead of choosing to bless one another, they choose to critique one another or to judge one another, but not so with us not with what God is doing here, this new thing here in our community, Imago, created in the image of God. We are called to bless and love one another in order to flourish in our life together. Para florecer en nuestra vida juntos. Last week, we talked about being faithful contributors, and this week, we're going to be talking about reflecting on and blessing one another and how we can do that, how we can bless each other through welcoming one another and by being approachable. Remember that second letter, faithful, approachable. So how we can be approachable in welcoming each other you know, in the end of February, we're going to have an opportunity once again to be around the communion table, to celebrate communion. And the table at communion is actually a sign. It's an eternal sign of God's welcome, of God's hospitality and approachability. It's really where we're learning to love. Even when, um, as Danny emphasizes, stick around for fellowship, for coffee, for time together, that's where we're learning to love. That's an eternal sign from God to welcome one another. You know, I don't know about you, but I grew up going to church, and there was always that time of hospitality and welcome. And as a kid, I, I always remember really just the, the church punch or, or the church Kool-Aid, really, really. And I had that my whole life growing up after church. So that's why Kool-Aid is banned here at Imago. I had enough for my whole life. But we'll stick with coffee and good water and other amazing snacks. But as a kid, that was my favorite time during hospitality, during fellowship and um you know maybe if you didn't grow up in church that can seem a little strange and you're wondering why why do we have to why do we do that deliberately and intentionally every single week together or maybe for some of you you think of hospitality as something that maybe seems a little false or a little fake you know you think of a restaurant they're hospitable to you or you go to a hotel they welcome you and they're hospitable until you stop and realize, wait a minute, they're actually, they're being paid to be nice to me, aren't they? They're, they're, they're being hospitable. They're, they're. So for some of us, we don't know exactly what to make of that, of that call from God to welcome one another, to be hospitable, to be approachable. But in fact, hospitality and approachability is one of the most powerful things that we can experience. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to experience just uh, a moment where someone at a conference or at a church or at a gathering or when you're new in a space just comes up to you and takes interest in you or with someone who decides to care for you. They have no agenda. They have no end in mind, but they decide to walk alongside you and to care for you. You know, I think about uh, myself and the many people that have impacted my life and one of those people, those who know, know me really well, know that one of my closest friends and pastoral mentor is a good friend of mine. His name's Josh. He lives in Australia now. That's where he's from originally. But he's been a pastor and spiritual mentor who approached me many years ago when I was still in my late teens. It was during a welcome week and a barbecue at my university during my first year there. He welcomed me. He just came up to me, he cared for me, encouraged me, and sat with me over a meal. And that was the beginning of our friendship and mentorship, which we've now been close friends now for over 16 years. And it's incredible to think that that is the case. God used Josh or Pastor Josh to shape me and develop me, and he taught me what it means to be a pastor. You know, I can over-dramatize my calling to ministry and tell you things, you know, that and maybe you've heard of these kinds of stories um, with someone's call to ministry or someone's call to leadership or your own call, right? We can over-dramatize them. I can tell you something like, well, yeah, my call to ministry began when I was three years old. God came to me in a dream. And yeah, some of those things, of course, they happen and there have been a lot of miraculous moments in my call. But perhaps the most important miracle was the simple miracle of hope through relationships. I had a friend who approached me, who welcomed me, and who discipled me. It's a miracle that closing the relational gap by being welcoming and approachable toward others, being welcoming and approachable has the power to transform and shape and impact the lives of countless people. How about for you? What's been a friendship or a relationship or a connection that you think back, oh my goodness, that impacted my whole life and it all started with someone approaching me with someone closing the gap and welcoming me. One of my other best friends, uh, Vinny, he and I met in church during a fellowship time, during what seemed like just another, you know, typical, boring Sunday fellowship time. But he and I met, someone introduced us and connected us. And we have become very close friends, friends of the heart, that have been friends now for almost 20 years and we've shared in all different life seasons together, shared time together, we've grown together, we've matured together. We both feel at home with each other's families. I've been able to spend time with his family down in Brazil and he's been able to spend time with my family in Southern California. Again, what started so simple as really just taking that step in welcoming one another and approaching one another has had a profound impact on so many lives. How about for you? How has God loved you through the welcome of someone? Through someone welcoming you, seeing you, approaching you, and caring for you? Being welcomed is actually a great power. It's not just something we do to act nice on Sundays or during our, our, our day-to-day lives. But being welcoming and approachable is the power to see others. And any of us that have ever experienced being welcomed, we know that that is the power of being seen and of being heard and cared for in a world that is so full of distraction. All of this points to that. When we pass out bulletins, when we welcome one another, when we get reminder messages, when we get communications from others, when we take five to ten minutes to fellowship together, all of this, it points to that, to the power of welcome, to the power of God welcoming us. So when we ask one another to pray for 10 people that you are praying for, influencing and inviting to in a relationship with Jesus and to be a part of God's family here at Imago, that is all pointing to the power, God's power of welcome. When we do outreaches, when we fellowship, when we serve, all of these actions point to making space for someone else, to making space for others. And that's what we like to say here at Imago, that we love to go deep in our discipleship, but we like to go wide in our welcome. You never know what the power of welcome can do. The power of welcome can also be a step in healing in someone's life. That is what hospitality and welcome does. It brings healing so you can be part of Jesus' hands and feet in helping heal someone through welcoming them. The Apostle Paul emphasizes in this passage and throughout the New Testament that to welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed you. Nos debemos dar la bienvenida tal como Cristo nos ha dado la bienvenida a nosotros. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. In fact, here in First Thessalonians, it really, and we're going to be reflecting on this book throughout the rest of February, but in First Thessalonians, we see really how the early church expressed what it means to live life together as a church family, to welcome one another, to love one another. God did what we could not do by our own power god did something and made a new family a new community the church and in fact that's one of the summaries of the entire gospel the apostle paul says it in romans 15 7 welcome one another because christ has welcomed you that's how paul summarizes the entire gospel not so much with this huge theological discourse But really just in that sentence, welcome one another because Christ has welcomed you. This is not just the fruit of the gospel, but in fact, welcoming one another is the shape of the good news of God. When we welcome one another or receive welcome, it's a taste of an eternal truth. When you welcome other people, you are participating in the work of God when welcoming other people is, uh, is really, a, that's a felt expression of the gospel. When we follow up with someone, when we care for someone, when we pray for them, when we close the gap of relationship, we're pointing to what God is doing. Welcome one another as God has welcomed you. That's why we say here at Imago that we can experience the hope of Christ through restored relationships. Through restored relationships with God and with each other. So we're not meant to take this lightly. We're not meant to just shove it to the side. What does it actually mean to welcome one another? It means that our stories have been made new because grace changes everything. In this passage here, we see the Apostle Paul talk about just his profound love and welcome and care for this community. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 to 3, we can put those verses up. It says this, we always thank God for all of you, continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Extending welcome and making room for others is communicating an eternal truth from God. It's communicating an eternal truth through our actions. God loves others through us, and we can experience the love of God through God's people. So welcome and approachability is again The power of God to remind us that you are remembered, that you are loved, that you are seen, you are noticed, and you are cared for. In the New Testament, this message comes up over and over again to welcome one another. And really, what the Word of God is trying to remind us of is this. That if I get the love of God, then guess what? I need to share the love of God. By welcoming other people, by welcoming other people into the family of God and welcoming other people into my life. I need to pass this on to others because the opposite is also true. And the New Testament, the word of God will confront us in it. The opposite is also true. If I refuse to, if I don't share the love of God or the welcome of God with others, then it probably means that I have not received the love of God. There's something I'm not getting. There's a piece that's missing. If I reduce church and and if I reduce church and community to justify being rude or standoffish by sinking deeper into tribalism and division and I refuse to make room for others, then there's something about the gospel that is not connecting. It's kind of like trying to force a puzzle piece in the wrong place, right? I see my kids sometimes just yell and get frustrated and cry, but they're trying to force the peace into the wrong place. If we're trying to justify our own rudeness, our own standoffishness, our own tribalism, and call it the gospel, then guess what? Something's not fitting. It's not going to align. Paul here is especially aware that this should at least extend to the body of Christ. It should begin here with the body of Christ The passage is emphasizing that there is no better time than now, than here, to start to experience what it means to welcome one another, to be hospitable with one another. Church, yeah, it's our place where we fellowship, where we pray, where we worship, where we hear God's word. But this is also a school. This is the school of love. This is the school of welcome. This is the school of care. This week, we can choose to close the gap and make room in our heart for God. Make room in our heart for God to make room in our lives for others. That's why we emphasize things that maybe you don't immediately see the connection, but it's all about that. Why we have midweek discipleship, men's discipleship on Wednesday 6 p.m. at Starbucks, just like Danny said, for now, Wednesday 6 p.m. there, right next to Chipotle, with Starbucks and Visalia Parkway. Make room in your life for that. Women's Bible study here on Thursdays. Make space in your life for that love, that welcome, that accountability with one another. Trust me, even though you think, oh, I'm so busy, it's a waste of my time, trust me, it will not waste your time, it will save you time. Having that opportunity to care, to love, to welcome one another, to carry one another. The church is where we learn to love. It's where we learn to extend welcome and to be welcomed where we learn to love people that are not like me, that are different than me, that are different than us. People that don't immediately look, think, or act like us or immediately agree with us or our views. That's the space that God chooses to teach us to love. Not in a country club where everyone already looks, thinks, and acts the same. Not in some kind of convention where we're all there for the same reason, but in a messy space like this where we don't all look, think, and act the same, that's where God says, yes, that's where I will teach you to love. Because that's the definition of a church community. A church community is really this. Imperfect people serving a perfect God. That's what a church community is. Imperfect people serving a perfect God. And you've probably seen it before someone with just that hunger, that idealism in their life, trying to find the perfect church somewhere. So they spend their lives jumping from church to church to church, and the problem is never them, it's always the church. But remember, as soon as you get there, what you think is the perfect church, it's no longer going to be perfect, because you're there. (laughs) A church is imperfect people Worshipping a perfect God. And yeah, at another point, we can talk about how to justifiably be able to transition out and all of that. There's a way to do gospel goodbyes, absolutely. But I'm talking about something else here. Because too often, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we find that we want to profess faith in Christ, but we do not want to love and welcome one another. We want to give ourselves fully in worship with arms wide open or in Bible knowledge, Bible quiz, seeming high and mighty and self-righteous with all this information we have. But we refuse to welcome and make room for others. The Apostle Paul here is saying, yeah, that's missing the point. That's trying to force a puzzle piece. It's not going to match Because we cannot separate the two. The next step in our discipleship, the next level in our connection and intimacy with Christ and growing in authentic love, does not come through just puffing ourselves up with more knowledge, with more information, or more inspiration, or holding back or withholding love and welcome with each other. When we withhold, yeah, it may make us feel a little bit. Powerful over other people, but withholding love actually leads to a false sense of self-righteousness. A false sense of self-righteousness and hostility. If I take on that attitude of my way or the highway, of closeness or hard-headedness or what the Old Testament calls being a stiff-necked people, And guess what? That gospel puzzle piece still won't connect. If that's my attitude, then the truth is, I don't get it. And God can reveal that. You know, I've seen it happen in different contexts, different churches before. Someone I once knew, um, and it was a long time ago, and I've shared this with you before. I've served different types of churches, but um, someone I once knew actually chose to leave a church... Because the sign for the front was not where they voted for it to be. That's not where they wanted it to be. Or the ministry was not going in the way that they think it should go. You know, and I've heard it all, right? We can cover that up with a bunch of spiritual and religious language and God this and whatnot. But you can't use God for your purposes in that. If what you're really trying to say is things aren't going my way, so I'm gone. That's not the invitation of welcome and approachability that the gospel gives us. We go through things together. The love of God is not based on your opinion or imposing your will on others. It is based on the reality that there is one. Jesus Christ, who has closed the relational gap by approaching us and making room for us. There's someone who has made room for us in God's family. That's what unites us. Not our best ideas, not our worst ideas, not our uh, our. Positions, opinions, all of that. But the fact that we all have been welcomed by God, that is the greatest and most profound commonality that we could share and experience with each other. Again, what unifies us is not just these, our best selves or our brightest ideas, but what unites us is that we have been welcomed in. We've been welcomed in to the courts of the King. We are unified by a crucified and resurrected Savior who has made room for us. And for this reason, we are to make room for others. God has us all on a journey. As a community, He has us on a journey where we're learning to love with God's love. And here, We're going to keep saying that throughout this year. This community, this church body, again, imperfect people gathered around a perfect uh, God, this is the school of love. This is the school of welcome. The fruit we seek is that our hearts would reflect God's heart and that God would meet us in our brokenness, in our vulnerability, in our messiness, and we would be able to invite people, those people, those people that we've even othered in our life that we would never really want to connect with, God has invited even them into loving relationship with God and with one another. You and I have been welcomed into the family of God. None of us can achieve getting into the family of God. Although some of us want to act that way, that, oh, because of my righteousness, or because I do this or that, I've achieved getting into the family of God. No, none of us can achieve it. All of us can only receive it. We can receive God's grace and be welcomed into his new family. So friends, brothers, sisters, let's start here. Let's start now. Do not waste a moment, as it says even in the scriptures in Ephesians 5.16, make the most of every opportunity. In the church community, the world will know the love of God through the love and the welcome that we give one another. The love and the welcome that we extend to those that are far from God. Notice that Jesus doesn't say that the world will know the love of God through our programs or through our size or being some kind of huge megachurch. Yeah, God can use all that. But Jesus himself says the world will know the love of God by our love for one another and by making room for one another. God has us all on a journey. And on this journey, we're learning to love and welcome with God's love. The fruit we seek is that, reflecting who Christ is. And the love that we're called to extend to each other is a love that pours out and spills out, a love that is not just words or theory, but a love that is action and real and actual. So today, may we now, by the grace of God, welcome one another and make room for one another just as Jesus Christ has welcomed us and has made room for us. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you are the one, Lord, who makes a way. You are the one who makes room for us, Lord. None of us achieved it, but we've all received it, God. We've received your grace, and your grace is who you've chosen to be, God. And you, Jesus, have chosen to be loving. You have chosen to be welcoming. You have chosen to be approachable, Lord. And God, I pray that we would be able to reflect that in this week and in this year to come. Right now, we're just going to take some time for silent prayer and meditation, for accountability right where we are. Ask God to teach you what it means to receive His welcome and also to extend and give His welcome to others. Come before God and admit right now any heart issues, anything that's been holding you back, any attitude adjustment that needs to begin today. Any hostility, any fear that you've had that's led to withholding love and welcome toward others. Jesus can heal that. He sees you, He hears you, He is with you. I know that it seems safer to just keep the armor on or to just keep things superficial. But God is inviting you into something so much greater than just what feels safe. He's inviting you into new life and new love into another level with him and with others. Lord, would you take our brokenness and make it something beautiful, Lord. We're grateful, Lord, that when we welcome one another, we're reflecting the welcome that you've had in our lives. And thank you, Lord God, that you are not a withholding God. You are a God who delights in pouring out your goodness on us. Lord, you are a God who is compassionate, who is quick to forgive and quick to love, Forgive us, Lord, for taking it lightly. We pray, Lord, that this week we would continue to transform more and more into your likeness, into your image. May we be interrupted and invaded by moments, Lord, where we can choose to bless one another and love one another and welcome one another and close the gap by being approachable. Give us courage because we can't do it on our own Lord and you never ask us to do anything you haven't already done you've done it all Lord you've taught us what it means to make room for one another and help us to just be like you as we make room for others Lord we are your people we are your family and we pray God that you would help us today to live Lord in such a way that reflects your love, your welcome, your care, and your compassion with others, Lord. Thank you, God, because you are the one who started this good work, and you will be the one to bring it into completion and bring it all together. Use us, Lord, as your family, as your hands and feet, as your vessels for these purposes. Thank you, Lord. We pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen.